Hi everyone, and welcome back to Young and Wifed Up. This is Marcella. And I'm Gabby. And thanks for joining us this week for another episode. If you are behind on any of our past episodes, head to youngandwifedup.com. And if we mention any links or articles, um, that will be also the place to find them. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group um, called Young and Wifed Up. Duh. Duh. Um, How far uh, in are we on our six-week spring cleaning challenge? So as of when this is releasing, um, there's only one more week of the six-week spring cleaning challenge. So make sure that you're a part of our Facebook group to participate in the last week. And then the following week, we will be heading on Facebook Live to announce the winner of the $25 Earth Hero gift card. So for all the details... Join our Facebook group. Yeah. And if you participate in the six week, well, if you're joining now, it's going to be a one week spring cleaning challenge <laughs> for you. <laughs> I mean, you can look back and like yeah, do them. But, but you, okay. It's so, too but late. you can't, you can't like put in an entry for all the yeah. past ones, if that makes sense. But I still do them, like by all means, if you, if yes, you ma'am. want to. Anyway, so how's it going? Um, I'm in a lot of back pain right now. But yeah, I'm kind of in a at a point where if I move like one centimeter from how I'm sitting, that I'm gonna be paralyzed. <laughs> but your spine just like <laughs> it's just it's all my spine, lower though. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like all yeah, it's just like uterine back pain. You know, you know how it goes. Ooh. But um, it just stinks because I have to build up my magnesium tolerance. You know what I mean? Because you can't take like too much. Oh yeah, at one time, mm-hmm. but I can't be on any pain meds right now because of my liver function. So it's like I have to remember that I, I have to remember to be like taking more than just in the morning, so that I can keep building up my magnesium tolerance, so that I'm not in pain as much. So isn't it possible to get like magnesium poisoning? Um, yes, but there's like a protocol that you follow to build up, right? Like prop- your body can build it up properly. Um, but yeah, obviously don't do it without any guidance <laughs> or with, or without a functional medicine doctor to like help guide you. You know what I mean? But, right. but anyway, so I'm kind of a little bit low energy right now it's and fine. not really I'm, feeling I'm well. I'm pretty low energy too. Cool. So the vibe is going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be as loud and chaotic. Maybe I don't know. It, we'll it still might be. <laughs> Anyway, but there's something new with you that you announced on our Facebook group. Um, can you let us in on your secret? I have a secret, guys. What's the secret? Um, the secret is that we are expecting again. Ayo! Second what are you expecting? <laughs> um, uh, a baby? A baby. Oh, okay, <laughs> sometimes people don't know. <laughs> They're like, I'm, you're expecting what? A package. <laughs> we'll be here in September. Bless. Um, yeah, I'm due in September. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited, too. Yeah, I'm like between 17, 18-ish weeks right now. So in my second trimester, um, not feeling as sick as I was in my first trimester, but I was expecting for my energy to come back and... <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting. Like, Where are you? Still waiting. Where are you, energy? <laughs> anyway, Why can't I find yeah, you? we're stoked, and Seth is gonna be a big. He has brother. no idea. What's he has coming. no idea. It's a whole it's so life. Funny. His world is about to be rocked. <laughs> you, your announcement picture was him holding this picture, and he looks so happy. But I'm like, that kid has no idea what's going on. 
He's just like, how fun! I'm holding this picture, and oh, they're man. probably they're... forcing me to smile, but they have. I he has no, no idea. No idea. He's no clue. So yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll have two under two. So much fun. I'm a little nervous. You can do it. We'll you can see do it. How it goes? I'm so excited. Literally losing my mind. <laughs> Well, if you lose your mind, then just pawn one of your kids off to me every once in a while. And, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do. It'll be good. We can it'll help. it'll all work out. But it'll it'll only be two under two for a few months because Seth, yeah. Seth turns two in December. So it'll be so fun. And he's already he's really good at like keeping himself very entertained. Yeah, he's super independent. He's yeah. very independent. So that helps. Hopefully, like having like a a baby baby here again won't like throw him off so much that he like all of a sudden switches to being super clingy because i'm like not Mm -hmm. giving him like a hundred percent of the attention we'll just wait and see how he does yeah so i'll probably um be posting some updates every once in a while on the facebook group and then i also will probably be talking about it on my own personal instagram nice which we'll have linked in the um in the bio what what do we have what is it called a website yeah the website <laughs> linked in the website so yeah. cool i'm so excited well praise god for this blessing and we're so excited ryan and i are very excited to love on a, a new little niece or nephew so yeah oh and we don't know what it is yet hopefully but you are gonna find out yes i'm no not doing the surprise thing <laughs> at all Part of i just thinks. don't understand <laughs> how people can do that i just i just don't get it it is kind of fun to be the person that's not like to watch somebody do that. You know what I mean? Oh because yeah, but like me per like going through yeah, it. Same no. no, I wouldn't either. Totally. I'd be not. like, I need to know. No right judgment now. to any of you. <laughs> She's judging. <laughs> I'm kind of judging a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my sister in law did that with like all three of her kids. Like the, that all is three. Wild. I think I think all three of them were a surprise. I'm pretty sure. Wow. And I had no idea. That's I'm just crazy. like, I don't know. Like, I want to be able to get gender specific things. Yes. And not like, like kitschy gender specific type stuff, but just like, I don't want everything to be just like gray, gray or white. yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel you. Anyway. Well, that's exciting. And yeah. that was probably a really controversial thing you just said. But, you know, whatever. You probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast anyway, if that was <laughs> triggering for you. <laughs> anyway, okay. So we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with this week's topic. I don't know about you, but I'm always on the hunt for a convenient shopping experience. However, too much of the stuff we buy today is made without any thought of how it will affect our families and the world tomorrow. What if there was an all-around better way to shop? With the convenience that we all want and the confidence that everything is made, packaged, and shipped sustainably. Earth Hero is exactly that. Earth Hero is a one-stop shop for all your sustainable and eco-friendly products. They have so many products ranging from beauty supplies, cleaning products, homeware, clothing, baby essentials, and so much more. Join us today on our sustainable journey by using promo code YOUNGANDWIFEDUP for 10% off your entire purchase. Make sure to click the Earth Hero link on our website at youngandwifedup.com to start shopping today. Marcella, guess what? 
what? Last night, I made our dinner entirely out of incredible food that could have been thrown out as waste and headed to the landfill. No way. How? Imperfect Foods. Imperfect Foods is a weekly grocery delivery service on a mission to build a better, less wasteful food system. They offer a full lineup of sustainable, affordable groceries that make the weekly tour of grocery shopping an effortless and delightful experience. Imperfect Foods partners with food suppliers, farmers, and small businesses to ensure that delicious food goes into our pantries and instead of the landfill. I feel like you started that sentence really weird. I did. Anyway, you guys have got to try it. Get $20 off your first Imperfect Foods delivery by using our link at youngandwifedup.com. Get it. So before I get into um, this week's topic of discussion, um, you probably already know what we're talking about because you saw the topic on our podcast, but I just want to make a quick trigger warning that we are going to be talking about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, and infertility. So if that is a subject that you are trying to avoid right now for any reason, then uh, go listen to another episode. Um, But other than that, um, we're going to be speaking about something that's very personal for Marcella and I. Um, This week is National Infertility Week, so we thought it would be a good topic of discussion to talk about our experiences, um, mine with infertility and hers um, with dealing with pregnancy loss. And I know that there's kind of throughout the year, there's like awareness for different things like pregnancy loss, miscarriage, and um, Mm -hmm. also more specific, like there's like a PCOS month, which is something I specifically go through. But but so there's like certain things like we understand, like there's different parts of the year where there's more awareness being made. But I just thought I was seeing a lot of stuff on social media about infertility and pregnancy loss this week. So I thought it would be a good time to talk about um, our experiences with it, um, how the Lord has carried us through those times in our lives. Um, And if you do not, if you, if you haven't experienced yourself a pregnancy loss or, or are experiencing infertility or have experienced it, I want to encourage you to keep listening to this episode because we are also going to be talking about how we can support our sisters in Christ that are going through those issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that especially if you don't understand, if you've never gone through either of those things, it can be very difficult to know what the right thing to react or to do to care for that person in your life that you know is going through it. And so even though Marcella and I, like we're only speaking from our own experiences. um, So I just want to make sure that that's very clear that, you know, my experience is not somebody else's. So something that can be helpful helpful for somebody like me might not be helpful for somebody else. This isn't a one size fits all. Absolutely not. So, but we're just going to speak from our experiences and maybe some principles, you know, that we can apply and think about when we are encouraging our sisters in Christ and caring for them as they're going through these things. And, um, yeah. So really quick, um, I feel like more recently over the past years, there is more awareness being made. I think social media has been, a big part of that people being vulnerable, sharing their stories. Um, but I feel like still when I talk to people about my infertility, like I still get puzzled looks, you know what I mean? And so I feel Mm. like it's still, it's not like stigmatized as much as it used to be, but I feel like there's not, not everybody understands yet how frequent or how many people. Yeah. And yeah. How many people go through these things. So Mm -hmm. we're going to quickly share 
Um, I'll share a statistic about infertility, and Marcel is going to share one about um, pregnancy loss. So according to the National Infertility Association, one in eight women will suffer from infertility at some point in their lives. So this also includes secondary infertility. And if you don't know what that is, it's when you were able to have um, your first child, no problem, um, with little to no intervention. Um, But your second child, if you were trying for a second one, you experienced a lot of infertility or issues and you had to do inter- intervention or you mm. may or you may never um, be able to have another child. Yeah. So secondary infertility doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the second child. It also means like you could have five children and really want a six, but it's not happening. Your body's not cooperating. You know what I mean? So that's there's... Re- yeah, that's, that's good that you bring that up because I think it should cause us to be more sensitive when we're talking to people who maybe only have one child Mm -hmm. being like okay like they need a sibling like come on like what's Mm -hmm. going on you need more kids or whatever you have no idea yeah you don't know what somebody's going through and even on the flip side Mm -hmm. if you see somebody with multiple children like five children Mm -hmm. and you're like you're done right but like oh yeah the lord has totally provided for you and your husband to desire more children Mm -hmm. that you're like we are struggling to have another one right now and like you saying that is so insensitive so that's why I kind of wanted to make sure that I mentioned secondary infertility as a part of that yeah because even though that's not my experience it is many 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 people's experiences and I have friends and family in my life that are also suffering from secondary fertility so Mm. um, Marcel can you share the pregnancy loss um statistic for us yeah so according to the um march of dimes which they do a lot of advocation for pregnancy loss um and just bringing awareness to it one in four pregnancies of all pregnancies will end in miscarriage Mm. which is pretty up there yeah that's so it's very very common so even like you were saying before even if you haven't experienced these things it's good that you still educate yourself on this stuff because Mm -hmm. you most likely have somebody in your life or Mm -hmm. will have somebody in your life at some point who's going to experience this yeah so even if it's just not for you just for those that are around you too absolutely so So, marcella um you experienced a pregnancy loss before your um before your pregnancy with Seth can you share um your experience with us yeah so I talked about this um right before we announced that I was pregnant with Seth but if a lot of you don't know this is actually my third pregnancy and my second one that I've well god willing I carry this one to term also um so my first pregnancy was really My miscarriage was kind of a weird situation because I miscarried very early. I was like about five weeks along. So super early, um, but I was still able to get a positive pregnancy test. And um, what was weird about my situation is that it happened while I was actually on a vacation with a friend. And I was away from home for several days. It actually, I actually, so from from the beginning, just to give you some context, I found out I was pregnant earlier in the week. That weekend, I was supposed to be flying out to um, 
Washington to go on a vacation with a friend, just like a weekend thing. Um, it was during, what's in September? What's that? Is that Memorial Day? Yeah, it was Memorial Weekend. It was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So we were, we were going to be gone for three days, essentially, and then come and then come back home. So um, I told Jed and everything. We didn't tell anybody else, but we were like, we were super excited. And then a couple days later, I left to go out of state with my friend and on the plane to the SeaTac airport, I ended up fully miscarrying on the plane. So I was kind of just like, I was kind of freaking out, but then also trying to like keep a level head because at that point it's like, you're on a plane. There isn't a whole lot you can do at that point. So we landed, I kind of got myself situated and I called Jed and I told him what happened. And my friend didn't know I was pregnant. My family didn't know I was pregnant. Like it was only Jed that knew. So I called him, I was like sobbing in the SeaTac airport. I was like so upset and then I think I was just more so mad because I wasn't with him. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have him there to mm-hmm. like physically comfort me at the time yeah. in person. But then I was also thinking like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I can't get on a plane again to like go back home. Cause like, you know, God forbid something, a complication or whatever happens, I'm up in the air <laughs> you know, yeah. and I can't yeah. do anything. So I ended up telling my friend what was going on and I told her, I was like, I, I, I think we should stay here. And the vacation we had planned was super low key. We were going to be staying with some of her family and she was super understanding and very helpful the whole time. I felt kind of bad. I know I shouldn't have, but I felt bad because I feel like I just kind of like overtook the whole weekend Mm. because she was just taking care of me the whole weekend. Like she was she was amazing like that whole weekend. I really appreciate everything that, that she did for me. And then, um, so we were, I was gone for three days. By the time I had, you know, extremely heavy bleeding, I, it was extremely painful. And then coming back home um, a few days later was really rough. And I was like partly excited to see Jed and to just have him with me because I didn't see him that whole time. I was like, I just need to be with my husband and to just recover. And then um, I ended up going to the doctor when I got home because I was so early. I was an ex- I was experiencing heavy bleeding, but not to the point where it was concerning. I was keeping track of, you know, you have to, they tell you how many pads are you filling in an hour that you have to keep track of all that stuff because you don't want to be in a in a situation where you're you know hemorrhaging essentially so getting back home um i went to the doctor and she told me it was probably a chemical pregnancy so it's possible to get a positive pregnancy test but um in the end it's just it's not viable at all it's just it's not gonna stick and she said it had nothing to do with anything that you were doing this totally wasn't your fault. She was very helpful, very understanding. I'm really glad I went to the person that I did. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much the whole like actual miscarriage. Recovery for me was kind of rough just because I feel like a lot of the people in my life didn't really understand what I was going through. And even like having Judd there, he wanted to do so much more for me than he actually could. Like, I think he just wished he could take the pain away Mm. yeah 
I know. It's hard. And none of us were prepared to support you either. Like, I feel like, yeah, out of anything that we could have ever expected, that was the last thing that we ever thought we would have to to go through, you know? Yeah. And while I was out of state, Jed informed my family what was going on, and they were kind of blindsided. Super blindsided. Yeah, because we learned that you were pregnant, and the next sentence... (laughs) Was that I lost the baby. They were gone. (laughs) Yeah. So it was like a second of joy and then the next second it was just like total grief, you know. So anyway, that even talking about it now. That was so long ago. I know. Like it it, it still sucks. And so when 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 I see other people going through this and like hearing about it and they're like, Oh my gosh, this was so long ago. Yeah. And it's still a hard thing for them to talk about. I just. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm going to try to pull myself together so I can finish <laughs> okay. the sentence. My goodness. Um, even like, <laughs> so nobody, nobody in our family, to our best of knowledge, has experienced a miscarriage except for my grandmother. Yeah. And <clears throat> um, it's funny because out of everybody, I feel like, <laughs> except for Jed, like Jed was obviously there for me as much as he could be. When I was gone on that trip and I was like going through everything, I felt like um, my dad mm-hmm. was probably the only person besides Jed that was like keeping me sane. Yeah. Like talking to him, which is crazy because it's like, it's my dad. Like, <laughs> what does he know about this sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was so patient with me. Mm-hmm. He was concerned, but he wasn't like freaking he wasn't freaking out because then I was gonna start freaking out. Yeah. And I was trying my best to like keep a level head as much as I could. And then also just having my friend there to kind of keep an eye on me, make sure everything was okay. Mm-hmm. But then getting home, my grandma, I was talking to her. And she was saying, so we have, they have um, uh, my uncle, who was their first child, and then they had my mom, and then my grandma got pregnant again, and she had miscarried Mm -hmm. that one, and she said she was far enough along that she thinks she could tell that it was a little boy. Oh, yeah. And even her talking about that, even she was, like, getting upset. And this was, like, 30 30 years ago. 40 years ago. Like, so long ago. And it just goes to show, like, us as, you know, being maternal beings, it doesn't matter how long it's been. Yeah. That was your child. Yeah. Doesn't matter how far along you were in your pregnancy. 
And another thing that I hear often that really just tears me apart is when I hear other people tell other women who miscarried in their first trimester that it didn't matter. Yeah. Or at least it wasn't that. It's like, well, at, at least, least you, were, you weren't further yeah. along. Yeah. And that, it's like, that should mean that it should hurt less. Right. Like, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, because if you believe in the Lord, you know that that person was made in his image, you know? Yeah. The potential of the life that could have been lived by, by a precious human being. And this is what the understanding that we have as believers, that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. God has a much bigger plan than we can ever even imagine. Yes. And I can't even imagine women who go through this without the Lord. Yeah. It's hopeless. And even I felt like I was getting to a point of feeling hopeless. And I had Jesus in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I can't even imagine, like, what it must be for somebody who's not a believer. Totally. Um... So yeah, the the following months were really hard for me. It took a really big strain on some of the relationships in my life because <clears throat> some of the, as crazy as it sounds, some of the people who had learned about it were not happy about the way I was handling my own miscarriage, which is bl- absolutely blows my mind. <laughs> And that just added a whole other layer of hurt mm-hmm. on top of everything I'd already been going through. Yeah. Um, so that was just the, uh, it's hard to say in retrospect that there was anything good that came out of it, except for the fact that now if there's somebody else in my life who may be going through that, I can empathize mm-hmm. with them. Absolutely. But I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say like, it was a, you know, oh, it like made me stronger sort of. A, no. Like I just, no. I can't, yeah. I can't say something like that because it broke me. Yeah. And then not just that, but it also negatively impacted my pregnancy with Seth. Mm-hmm. Especially in the first trimester, I was anxiety ridden the whole time because all you have this like PTSD of like, is this going to happen? Like you're waiting for something to go wrong, essentially. And it's really hard to get out of that mindset. And I feel like in a way I couldn't enjoy my pregnancy to its fullest because of my past experience with miscarriage. Yeah. So I think... Just the whole situation, the circumstance that I found myself in, being away from my husband, being away from home, being in a place I had never been before. The only person I knew there was my friend Mm -hmm. when it was happening. And that was, and then coming home and then just having a bunch of other just awful things happen after that with other people just made it so difficult. And I, I didn't. I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't make it public knowledge until I think it was maybe a month or so before mm-hmm. we announced yeah. um, 
that Seth was on his way. So, um, yeah, even to this day, it's just, it's, it's really hard to think back at that time. Cause I, that was like a really low point in my life. Yeah. And I would never want anybody to, to go through that, but it, it happens so often and there may be people suffering alone. Mm-hmm. And that's scary to think about because I, I had Jed and he did as best as he could, as much as he could to be there for me at the time and to give me either the space that I needed or the comfort that I needed. He was just always right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just that's always on my mind, you know, thinking about those people who are you know, going through it by themselves and they don't have anybody to, to talk to. And this is, you know, this is, uh, I'm coming up on three years Mm because it happened in 2018. So it'll be three years in September. Right. Which is when I'll be due with my second child. So anyway. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing. I know it's like, there's some women that will never, will never, be able to share something yeah. like that, let alone publicly for strangers to hear. Yeah. So thank you for um, your courage and for your vulnerability, because I think that everybody's experience with that is valid and needs to be talked about and can can really change somebody's perspective on how they um, how they encourage each other that other women that are going through that. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was my experience with pregnancy loss. We're going to kind of switch over to your experience with infertility, which you are currently still in um, the throes of. Yes. <laughs> this isn't retrospect. This is present time. Present time. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to try to keep it. Keep it together. <laughs> no promises. But um, so when Ryan and I got married, we were going into our marriage um, fully open. To having children um, from as early as possible in our marriage. And we had a lot of pushback um, from family and people that we, friends. Um, make, Sorry, if you can hear me. <laughs> making, trying to drink your iced coffee right know, quick. Little, like, <laughs> ASMR for you. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> But we had a lot of pushback um, from a lot, a lot of people that we loved. Um, when we told them or when, cause people ask, like, it's so weird. Like right when you're getting married or you're engaged, people ask you, are you going to have kids right away? But you're going to wait, right? You're going to wait. You know you, what I mean? You kind of get both sides of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, it'll either be, so you guys are going to have kids right away. Right. But we never got that. We never got that. Um, we always got the, you guys are going to wait. Right. And so I think Jed and I got that. I think just because like we were both kind of on the younger side of like getting married. So we would always tell people like the Lord has, um, has put on our hearts to, to welcome children at any time. And, um, we had a lot of confused looks. (laughs) That's That's a good answer though. Yeah, because and that it's kind of like a subtle shutdown. It's like, please <laughs> shut up. It's none of your business. <laughs> but truly, like, 
it's just an or it, it took a while because sometimes I would be so shocked by that question that I would just be yeah. like, you know what? I hope we have kids right away just because of you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just, just to make you even more. I'm gonna have kids even harder. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I do think that I was I because of that, I was struggling with a lot of pride because and control. Um I one part of my life that the Lord is sanctifying is my need for control. And one part of my life that I thought I could control was my fertility because um, I we wanted to have children um, as early as the Lord would, al- would have allowed. But instead of just allowing the Lord to give us a child when he wanted, I was grasping onto, I'm going to make this happen kind of attitude. So I soon realized after months went by of negative pregnancy tests and that was really difficult um but i think there was part of us that were grieved but then another part that we were kind of relieved because we were still in such uh not in a very good financial place but again like we don't think that's an excuse to not have children we we were welcoming to a child at any financial point in our life Mm -hmm. um but we we were still kind of like flip-flopping between okay, we're kind of relieved. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us more time, you know, to pull things together. Yeah. And then also on the other side, like, man, you know, I really, we really desire a child. Yeah. So then months turned into a year. And at that point, I was experiencing pain that I've never experienced in my life. I always had really difficult periods and difficult um, cycles that were very regular, but it had escalated to a point where I was bedridden, totally incapable of cleaning and doing my duties. Um, my bleeding was so heavy that it was really concerning. Um, and then I had lost my period for months. Um, so there, it was just so much was going on with my health that I decided to go see a doctor. And unfortunately the doctor I saw was the most unhelpful person that could ever exist. (laughs) And so, um, that didn't help. Um, but then finally, um, the Lord provided a doctor um, right in the throes of the pandemic, in the middle of the shutdown. It was April. I had gone in for like a UTI or I don't know. It was just super run of the mill um, situation. I went and saw a gyno and um, he was so kind. Um, he asked me about my cycles and I was laughing and just was like, what do you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you. There's so much to tell. <laughs> And so he was just, God provided and with this man that was my gyno at the time. And he gave me full labs and formally diagnosed me with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Now with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I would, I refer to as PCOS, women can get pregnant. Um, it's a, it's very hard um, because your body doesn't give the fertile signs that other women do. And sometimes you don't even ovulate at all. So you either don't ovulate at all, or if you do ovulate, your body doesn't give the signs that that, that it's supposed to, that the Lord gave us, you know? Um, So that was about a year and a half or two years into my infertility journey. Now there was a time and it's, there's so much time mushed in that I'm really confused about because I don't know there, I just, everything kind of flows together. So I'm sorry if I get any timeline wrong, but I definitely made my fertility an idol in my life um, because I decided to take control of it and um, 
And that's kind of funny because there's that book, Taking Control of Your Fertility, which I wouldn't say is a bad book, but I think that we shouldn't look at it as that way because there we can't. <laughs> You can't. In either perspective, you cannot control your fertility at all. You can improve your symptoms. You can help um, your body be more healthy and welcoming to fertility. But the Lord is the one that opens the womb. The Lord is the one that closes the womb. Mm -hmm. And we see that time and time and and again in scripture. So I made it a total idol in my life. I was peeing on a stick several times a day to get an ovulation test. I was doing the cervical mucus. I was doing temping. I was doing all the, all the supplements you're supposed to do. I even, I let it affect our sex life because I was like, we have to do it on this specific day. And then I have to lay there with my legs up for however, you know what I mean? It's like such Mm. a science, but it didn't work. And so I let it control it. It it did negatively impact my marriage because it was so bad that I was all my time and, and emotions and thoughts were centered around my fertility and wanting to make a baby that it just, everything else went in the back burner, including my relationship with the Lord, including my relationship with my husband. And I wasn't doing my duties as a a wife to, to just be fruitful in other ways. You Mm -hmm. know, I thought if I'm not, if I'm not being fruitful in my womb, then what am I as a woman? I'm failing. You it know, it was like your identity. And and let me make this very clear: nobody has ever put that on me. Mm. No, no church environment has ever put that. On. In fact, I think the church environments we grew up in were not as um, open to many children or children right away and stuff like that. So I just want to make that clear because some people are like, oh, society or it's, Christianity. Yeah, it's because put of that the on Christian culture. Absolutely not. Yeah. I did not grow up in that culture at all. Okay. So, um, so basically it was getting so bad to a point where I just kind of lost my mind <laughs> and I had to repent for my idolatry because an idol an idol in your heart is anything that you put before the lord and i was putting that before everything not just the lord before everything so i had to repent for my idolatry and i had to stop everything i even stopped taking my prenatal i stopped everything cold turkey because it was controlling my life Mm. and i let it rule my emotions i let it decide my mood for the day like you know those sort of things where it just it's just overcoming you. And it happened so slowly and gradually that I didn't realize until it was a monster and I couldn't take care of it anymore. So I stopped everything. But since my um, PCOS diagnosis, um, and I think over the past year, specifically the past year, the Lord has turned my eyes to him and um, has provided for me in my emotions so much. I think a lot of it did have to do with you having Seth that really, um, great. I didn't think that was going to set me off, but it did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Having Seth Seth has that effect on (laughs) it. really does. Just having a child to love on and nurture, Mm -hmm. like, even though he's not my own, really, um, comforted my heart. So, that that was a big (laughs) the lord used that in a lot of ways to fill a void in my heart and i and i will say this is completely like horrible and selfish for me to even think 
But like in the middle of, um, I've talked about, have I talked about having PPD? Um, yes. On an episode in, in our mental health episode, you did. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't think I was diagnosed at that point. Maybe you uh, well, had- Okay, I'll talk about Either way. <laughs> so in like, I, so I was diagnosed with postpartum depression and postpartum postpartum anxiety at oh man nine months postpartum Mm -hmm. so i was i was pretty well into you know the year of having seth in the middle of all that if i like i can't help but think if you had had your own child I probably wouldn't have been able to pawn off Seth to you as much as I did. And I probably would have been in a worse place. (laughs) Like, honestly, having, which, like I said, is like a horrible and selfish thing, because obviously all all of us, you know, that love and care about you guys want you to want so desperately for you guys to have your own children, because we know that like that is the deepest desires of your heart. Yeah. But I am like thinking back, I'm like, what would I have done? <laughs> like, I, no, like my mom couldn't yeah. take him the whole time, and just yeah. like, especially us living so close together, being able to just get him over to you, and knowing that he would be so well taken care of, yeah. it gave me moments of peace I needed so desperately. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's like how how I look at like what the past year with the yeah. past year and a half with Seth. And like how much you and Ryan just love on him so much. And he loves you guys just as much in return. It's so clear and obvious. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, that is a, a blessing out of mm-hmm. suffering that I'm, has come to totally. me, which like I said, is a totally selfish thing to no. bring up, but it's, it, it's the truth. Yeah. And that was the reality for me. Like last year, especially it was in such an awful place and like just being able to have you available to take care of him and knowing that you're just going to love on him and take care of him as much as I do was yeah. like, had me set like that was like you were like my security blanket <laughs> when Jed wasn't home I was like at least my sister is here yeah you were so reliable and yeah that's just I feel like that is just one good thing that I can see that has just come out of all of this is just how much you have like blessed our family like you and Ryan both as like Seth's aunt and uncle like being able to have the time and energy available for him has also yeah. just blessed me and Jed so immensely too. No, and that's a really, thank you. And that's a really good point because I think during the last year, this last year, I've been focusing on two things that has helped me in my infertility journey. One is taking care of my health, mm-hmm. which we talk a lot in our period um, episode. Yeah. Talk a lot about that. Focusing on my health and getting better instead of focusing on like making a baby. Pregnant, yeah. Um, focusing on getting better and feeling better. And then secondly, focusing on fruitfulness in other parts of my life. And I feel like being fruitful in the last year has been helping you with your child. Um, mm. It has also been making our home a beautiful place that we both love to be. Mm. Fruitfulness has been um, being there for my sisters in Christ because I have the time and yeah. the energy to, yeah. you know, even if I'm in pain and sitting on my butt, I could still have a two hour phone call with a girlfriend and yeah. pray for her. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the Lord has blessed me um, in the last year with shifting my focus from idolatry 
really, truly. And I know that some people might be like, you're taking it too far, but truly it was for me, um, shifting it from idolatry to fruitfulness. Um, and also just meditating on scripture. Um, there's, like I said before, if you look at any passage in scripture that talks about a pregnancy, it always says, and the Lord opened her womb. Or if there, or like he like made the barren woman fruitful. Like Mm. there's so, the Lord is so sovereign in every part of our lives that's even sovereign in our fertility that I can just rest in that doctrine of sovereignty. Mm. Because if I didn't have hold that doctrine so near to my heart, I would be in so much more of a like kind of how you were saying like I don't know how people do this without the Lord you know walking through yeah. pregnancy oh, loss yeah. I feel the same way about infertility yeah. I do not know how and because you, there's no hope first of all there's no hope and there's no rest mm-hmm. you know but I can rest in the Lord and I quickly want to read this is my favorite um it's a Protestant uh, Protestant catechism the Heidelberg catechism um, question 27, what do you mean by the providence of God? And the answer is the almighty and everywhere present power of God, whereby is it, as it were, by his hand, he upholds and governs heaven and earth and all creatures so that herbs and grass, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, meat and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, yea, and all things come not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. And I'm, I, that is one that I've been trying to memorize um, myself just because there's so much scripture in that. Like if underneath this question and answer, there's two, four, six, eight, ten. There are 15 scriptures showing the providence of God in the Bible and how he governs everything in heaven and earth, all creatures the fruitful and barren years. And I'm right now barren in my womb, but being fruitful in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I can encourage anybody that's going through infertility, if you are barren in your womb, and that also means if you're struggling with secondary infertility, focus on fruitfulness in other areas of your life. Um, yeah. If that means loving on the children you already have, if that means um, if you don't have children, loving on other people's children and being the best that you can be in whatever duty that the Lord has called you to. If that means that you're working, if that means that you are a stay-at-home wife and you are making your home a beautiful place to live in, like that is how we can focus on fruitfulness. And I think that is how the Lord has carried me through and will continue to carry me through until he either blesses me with a child naturally or if he blesses us with children um, and by other means, which we are super open to. Um, that's not in this place of life that we're in right now because we live in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> but yeah. but we, we fully want to fill our home with children, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I hope that my experience can be encouragement to anybody. And I hope that one day, sooner or later, I can announce on on the podcast that the Lord has blessed us with a child, no matter what it means um, and how it is. Um, so that's my experience. I would love for us to quickly maybe talk about how we can support other women that are going through that, what we have gone through or what you are currently going through. So can you talk quickly about how we can support other women that experienced a pregnancy loss? Um, 
Yeah, I'm actually like looking at the points that you put and it's there are some that can definitely coincide both with <laughs> yeah. with both situations. The first one that you put is praying for them and not just saying that you will, but mm-hmm. like actually praying for them. Yeah. And and maybe not even like if they're in a place where they just need to be alone. Mm-hmm. Like not constantly texting, right? Calling, like unless asking for uh, details. Yes, <laughs> unless they're asking for that kind of support, right? Um, don't expect anything from mm-hmm. them. Don't expect a lot of communication. Don't expect for them to, you know, if you're if you, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to put this. Um, being being a good friend to somebody doesn't mean needing to communicate with them constantly. It if I think the better thing to do is to be on your knees. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's why I was trying to get at. Like, even if it's not telling them, like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm praying, I'm praying, praying." just do it. (laughs) Just pray for them. (laughs) Like telling some, like for me, when people told me oh, well, we're praying for you. It's like, are you? That doesn't really help the pain that I'm in currently. So can't you just pray for me and just leave it at that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, this is just based off of my personal opinion. Other people may want you to go about it in a different way. And again, it has to do with you go off of them not Mm -hmm. what you think they should be doing or even what you think you should just praying is probably the number one thing number one that's why it's first the absolutely (laughs) number one thing you should be doing um and then also don't get mad if they're not telling you all the nitty-gritty details Mm -hmm. of everything that's going on or you aren't the first person that that they're running to to like cry on their shoulder and stuff right you have to give them space. And with my situation specifically, because I was away from Jed for the first three days, which were are usually the worst in like a a, a normal tip. I had a pretty normal miscarriage. Um, obviously, every it's different for everybody. But with me, it was the worst in those first three days. And I wasn't with my husband at the worst of it so Mm -hmm. going home and like just wanting to be alone with him was like the one thing that was like keeping me from like having it like a mental breakdown like (laughs) when i was gone um and in the meantime i almost felt guilted for wanting to have private time alone with my husband Hmm. and that wasn't cool So thinking about it that way, give them time, give them a lot of space if they need it, because it's a it is a process to go through like a huge emotional and mental and physical process. Just everything is affected in all aspects. Um, Oh, also the second one I really like. Don't walk on eggshells around them or treat them differently. Obviously, be sensitive, like I was saying, like don't be brash about things or but whatever. don't treat them like they're broken like don't, that's the don't, difference i don't i don't necessarily like to be pitied in that way no. and again it's usually not a helpful thing no it kind of just like, oh yeah oh i'm not really i'm not a fan of that i know maybe, i think it can be kind of patronizing yeah 
That, yeah, I would use that like, word. straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, just even if you are fully aware of the situation that's going on, like you said, being patronizing about it is yeah. like one of the least helpful Even if you ever. don't think it is, it probably is coming across yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, asking how you can support them. Then you know for sure what to do. <laughs> yeah. And if they say, you know, I just need to be alone. Don't take it personally. It's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. Maybe it stop does. making. Well, oh, <laughs> that depends on your relationship with them. But that means there are other things going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, don't take it personally. It's not about you. Don't make it about you. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Um, what else? Let's see. I think maybe the rest of these are pretty. What about oh, the last one? Oh yes, don't give them medical advice if they don't ask. Please. Uh, I can, you know what, if you trust that they are smart and have a good head on their shoulders. And if they want to know, they're going to ask. Like, if they know that you particularly know what to do in these situations, like, hey, like, what did you do? Like, I'm kind of stressed. Like, then that would be the time to give them medical advice. Yes. Now, if you see something totally out of the ordinary and just kind something like crazy going on and you're like yo you need to go get some help (laughs) that is one but when it comes to like just a normal situation you know you know what they're taking care of it yeah it's being taken care of um the miscarriage process physically is completely different for everybody also some Mm -hmm. people may go through certain things you know i like i was saying i just had extremely heavy like heavier than a heavy period i would say but it wasn't to the point where i was losing too much and that's something that you know if you're if you're a grown woman and I'm I'm not talking about minors here. Minors are different. I feel like sometimes you need to get more involved with mm-hmm. with that because that is a totally different thing. But with in my situation, I was an adult. I uh, was already talking to people about what to do, what should I be looking for, and that sort of thing. So I was kind of like already in the know. Okay, that you know I need to watch out for these warning signs. And then I had my friend there, which was really helpful. Mm-hmm. She was keeping an eye on me too. So we were kind of tag teaming, you know on that sort of thing. I didn't, it wasn't just me by myself. Um, so don't give them medical advice. They didn't ask for another one. I want to touch on is don't, no matter what your personal experience is, if you've personally experienced miscarriage or, you know, somebody who's experienced miscarriage, you cannot equate your situation. to theirs. it's not the same. So even if like I, if I have a miscarriage, I had a miscarriage I know, you know, other people have had miscarriages. When I initially came out with the knowledge publicly that I, I had experiences, Jed and I went through this, I had so many women messaging me, telling me their story. And all I can say is like, I can empathize with the kind of pain that you're feeling because it's mm-hmm. different than anything else yeah. you can ever experience. But I don't know the pain specifically of your situation exactly in that degree it's different Mm -hmm. and i also can't talk to how you're handling it Mm -hmm. i can't give i had some people asking for my advice but in that instance they were asking so i was willing to talk to them about it but besides that it's like i have no right to um try to tell you what to do or how to feel right and that sort of thing and then 
what's even I think what was kind of frustrating also was when people found out when I announced it publicly what had happened and then I was talking to people in person after that and they were like oh my gosh I like saw your post I'm so sorry and they would be like oh yeah my um my friend had a miscarriage and I totally understand what you're going through and I'm like swerve what swerve (laughs) excuse me like I feel that like that's just like an awkward. I feel like people say that because they're awkward and they like don't yes. know what to do. So they're just like, uh, I can relate. And I and here's and how yeah, I can relate yeah. to you. And I understood that. So I gave a lot of grace to people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna blow my top because I'm like, that is so and in- that is an incredibly insensitive thing to say to to say to some- I can't talk to say to somebody who has experienced <laughs> that. But um yeah, kind of acting like oh, I totally know what you're going through because I know I have a friend or like uh my mom <laughs> or my sister. Like you don't you, you just don't know. Don't know. <laughs> no. So yeah. I can I can understand what you're saying. Like people are just awkward. They don't know what to say. But saying it's like, like a tick. Like they literally just can't help themselves. They're like, oh my friend. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just stop. just telling them like I am so sorry about what happened. Like that is just and that's and that can be it. Yeah, that can be it. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. I'm so it. sorry. I'm praying it's, for you. I'm yeah. actually praying for you. I'm, yeah, what can I'm, I do for you? Or can, How can you be or supported? If, if they're comfortable, can I pray for you right now? Yes. Oh, girl. Like, can I pray for you right here, right now? Like, mm. can we go somewhere so I can pray for you? Yep. And don't make it weird. Just You just don't have be, to put your hands on their chill. stomach. <laughs> Please don't do that. I've had some people put their hands on my stomach and they're like, in Jesus' name, there's going to be a baby. I'm like, no, there's not. <laughs> You cannot speak a baby into existence. I'm like, get your hand on my stomach, please, lady. You don't know oh me. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Me. So please don't do that. Yeah, praying for them Resist. and just telling them I'm so sorry. What happened is just so unfair. Like, how can I be there for you? Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> if it just go off you have to go off of them you can't go off of what your own right. expectations are or even if you were there for somebody else who had a miscarriage and you're like oh they should be wanting the same deal like it's different from person it's to person. always gonna be different yeah. so i feel like that's kind of like i don't know am i missing anything no i think that that's really good and i mean if something else comes up while i'm talking okay then yeah, yeah. You could just okay interject so now when it comes to like infertility yeah how to approach people yes who, str- who you know are struggling with infertility I think or even don't know they're struggling with i know infertility. that's why i'm gonna yeah, start yeah, yeah, saying yeah. so yeah. first of all you never know yeah you never know so don't assume so don't assume just because somebody doesn't have a baby yet or because they have babies and you don't know if they're trying like just never assume unless they tell you so if some if you think if something's been put on your heart that i i feel like i need to pray for this person then just pray for them Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be like so 
I've been thinking about you and I'm not really sure if you guys are trying or da 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 da. Just pray for them. And then maybe you can say, hey, like I thought about you and prayed for you the other day. Then the other person might be willing might to open say, up. hey, yeah. that I really need prayer because mm. we're struggling with this right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Marcel had a lot of good things to say about prayer. And yes, that's the biggest thing. That is the most helpful and supportive thing that you can do for your sister in Christ. I know it kind of makes you feel like, well, I just need I'm to not be able to enough. do more. But listen, the, the, Lord, the Lord can do way more than you can. Yep. <laughs> can you say it louder for the people in the back? The Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Just remember that. Yes, he can. He could do way more. And so asking, petitioning the Lord, we have the ability to come before the throne of grace and ask the Lord to give us what he's promised us. So. Wow. What do you know about that? How is that? So we should be doing that for our sisters in Christ if we know that they're struggling. Anyway, number two, like Marcella said, don't walk on eggshells around them. Don't treat them differently. It makes me feel uncomfortable if somebody's like, oh, can I talk to you about my pregnancy? I feel weird about it. That makes me feel weirder if you feel weird about Mm. it. I feel like, okay, so some some people might be different. I'm just saying on my, my opinion, my experience. If people are like weird and they don't know what they can talk to me about, I'd rather you just ask like, hey, are you comfortable with me talking to you about this? Then I could just say, oh my gosh, yes. Like I love hearing about this Mm. other than like purposely avoiding a subject. Mm. So say for example. And they know. Exactly. They know when you're avoiding it I know when you're avoiding it. People are like, so recently the newest thing has been some, a couple people have been like avoiding talking to me about your pregnant, your, your new pregnancy. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm stoked. <laughs> like, That's so weird. I'm more excited. Like, like, what did they think when I was pregnant with Seth that you were like, bitter? Oh, like, how dare she? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I think some people just need to know, like, okay, I feel better. And, and I recently... One of my really close girlfriends did this so good the other day. She said, I'm not really sure if I should be talking to you about this. Is this a sensitive subject? And I was able to say, absolutely not. I'd love to talk about this. Yeah. And that was it. That's such a chill way to it. Like, come so about it was so chill. It wasn't weird. I was just like, I'd love no, to help cool. you. I'd love to talk about this. This is something that I've been able to do. And like, let me, let's talk about it. Mm, let me yeah. pray for you. Let me help you with this. So it's kind of like... I feel I, I feel weirder if people are weird with me. Does that make sense? If you're avoiding a topic, but again, somebody else might be a little awkward. Like they might, it might be sensitive and they but, might not want to talk about it. But coming into the conversation with that question that your is friend better. asked you is so good, much like, I don't know how you feel about this. Are you sensitive to this topic? And then instead of just like jumping straight into the topic and then either apologizing later or just yeah. thinking like, oh man, like. Or having them get mad at you, like, <laughs> yeah. There's a better way to approach it. That's just, yeah. that's really good. Just yeah. saying, like, are you chill with? Are is this? I'm not really sure if this is something you're comfortable with talking about, and I want to be sensitive to you. Thank you so much. That is so sweet of you. I would love to talk about it. You know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's good. Anyway, okay. Three, asking how you can support them. I love when somebody say, "Is there anything that I can do?" And I always say, "Pray." That's the number one thing. Again, I'm going to keep going back to it. Like, it's the number one way that you can support me personally, Gabby. But somebody else might need more support in a different area. Mm. My biggest thing is prayer. And Mm. I also, um, one of the elders' wives in our church, oh, 
I just, I could cry just talking about her and I'm trying not to because I just love her so much. She, after there was a pregnancy announcement in our church a couple years ago, and I was so happy. I was not holding any, you know, anything weird. But for some reason, my, this elder's wife came up to me and she embraced me and told me your time is going to come love. And I just like broke <laughs> because i was like what a beautiful woman to uh, remember me mm, you know to remember me in that moment knowing like so much joy in our church that there's a pregnancy announcement that she went out of her way to remember me and to encourage me in the lord mm, you know what i mean and yeah. so that was so beautiful so not she didn't treat me weird like are you okay are you okay? Like, I hope yeah. you're okay because, you Again, know, the pregnancy announcement. Yeah. Like, I hope this isn't awkward for you. Her just coming in, holding me like a mother, you know, and mm-hmm. saying, like, your time is going to come. You know, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that just really um, <clears throat> spoke to my spirit, you know, for sure. Yeah. So that's a different way that we can approach things, you know um being an ally for them in social situations so i want to be a little bit specific about this so there's two social social situations that can be awkward for somebody that's struggling with infertility um one is people making jokes or weird comments or whatever and you being okay i'm gonna give a very specific example there's like a certain game that we like to play that may sometimes have references to like babies and stuff and i'm always very uncomfortable with it so i always ask can we not play those cards this is a sensitive subject yeah. for me i wouldn't i would and like usually not to all do of us that. are like oh yeah no that's but weird. sometimes like, we don't want to do it anyway <laughs> sometimes there's that person that's like why like what's the big deal let's just do it like i wish we could play those cards and then the friend that remembers me and remembers this is something I'm not okay with, yeah. will say, or, and sometimes it's you, honestly. Sometimes you're the friend that's like, uh, no, we're yeah. not doing this. Done. That's it. Mm. Because then that somebody else is advocating for me. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. have to be like, do you want to know why this is such a sens- sensitive subject? You know, yeah. just blow it's up. It's like opening, opening a can of worms yeah. that really doesn't need to be opened. If you know yeah. that your friend is, tr- or if you know that your friend is trying to eat a certain way or take care of her health and people are like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Being that ally for her and saying, no, like, just let her do her thing. It's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. You worry about it's you. It's not that big wor- of a deal. Exactly. Like, Being that person as an advocate is so helpful. And also, and so the second social situation that can happen is that person's not around. And people are talking about, oh, yeah. Oh, well, I wonder why they haven't gotten pregnant or what's the deal. And it's kind of gossipy situation. Being an ally for them in that situation is, you know what? I don't think this is a topic I, I don't feel comfortable talking about this. this. You're talking about my sister in Christ. If you're really worried about their fertility, why don't you just pray for them? And that usually just shuts the conversation yeah. down. When people, so, yeah. because you've been very vocal, especially recently, about your... um infertility Mm -hmm. and everything when people kind of try to go in a roundabout way of trying to bring up the conversation with me you best believe (laughs) i am ready to throw hands like Like, what's wrong with her is she sick or have they done this why haven't they done that are they gonna do ivf are they gonna and it's just like (gasps) shut up i'm exhausted (laughs) and i'm not even the one that's going through it (laughs) 
Like, I, it's not even, like, in relation to me. It's yeah. just when people, like, try to bring it up with me. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. that's just, like, first of all, none of your beeswax. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, stick your nose in and somebody going, else's business. Going, instead of coming to me and asking me, going to my sister oh, and being, like, yes. trying to be information grabbing, which I don't like that either. So nobody try to come to me and try to fish information about my sister because that's not going to happen. Yeah. But that's a good way that we can be allies for each other. It's just being a christian yes <laughs> like just truly will, and, and the it's fact not, that i have to say these things i know and it, it's not just like uh, having to do with like this specific subject and only having to uh, relate it to my sister even if people are talking about a friend or or You're my like, husband and i'm like what just, just stop. stop like it's just so exactly. bizarre but yeah the the going kind of going around mm-hmm. to other people to try to get information just to be kind of gossipy about it or just just prying like not cool yeah totally not cool and it's how is that helpful to anybody it's not That's like why do you really need and some people are like well i need to know like details to pray for them and it's like no you no, don't, you don't. No, you don't. You don't need, <laughs> you you don't don't need, to, need know. to know. The Lord knows all the details. <laughs> yes. So just run, be like, Lord, you know. You know the details. Yes. Yeah. And then I have people like, well, what's the update? Like, what's going on? Like, is she still struggling? I'm like, have you seen dude, a pregnancy like, announcement? Just stop worrying about yeah. it. Like, you have your own things to worry about. Exactly. Like, seriously. Anyway, I probably Busy get bodies. more mad about that than she does. <laughs> yeah. It makes the Lord me has given furious. me grace. Yeah. Okay, I don't so, have as much grace for people when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So the next one is goes hand in hand. Stop asking when they're gonna have a baby. We don't <gasps> know. We don't know. We don't know. And again, I'm so frustrated and I don't even struggle with like, that. I don't know. Where is I, the baby? <laughs> can you help is me the find it? I'm gonna come and like drop it I know. off. Like what? Anyway. Number six, uh, let them love on your children. If you have children and you know somebody in your life that's struggling with infertility, give them all the babies. Let them hold your baby. Mm-hmm. Let them snuggle your baby. Let them babysit your baby. Like Ryan and I, we God has given us so much love for all the babies around us that we're constantly like, do you need us to watch them? Like, we'll make it happen. What are you doing Friday night? Like, let's just watch them. <laughs> Because it's one, it's good practice if you don't, if the person that's struggling with infertility doesn't already have children, it's good practice. Number two, it, it's therapeutic. It feeds our souls. So please let us love on your children. Like, if think about that. Like, and two, I also really love if you are in a church that's family integrated, ask a mother that might be struggling with, um, with like keeping all the crowling the kids or even one mm. kid can sometimes be a hard in a church setting like offer your services to them if you're struggling with infertility and say hey like can i help you during church like just give me the thumbs up and i'll come grab your baby for yeah, you yeah, yeah. you know no, like that's good that's it's good. just such a good way to just feed your soul and give you that that motherly nurturing feeling that you so desire um, and of course, there's nothing like having your own child, but it really does. There are plenty help. of children to to go around Absolutely. to be loved. <laughs> children cannot so if cannot you be loved know enough. Me <laughs> and we're friends. Hand me your baby, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last thing is, don't give them medif- medical advice if they don't ask. So you would not believe the amount 
this is why I haven't really said anything on my personal social media accounts. I really want to. Like, I really want to say, no, like, you should. please pray for us. Like, we are asking the Lord yes. for a child. We yes. want our people to be praying for us because there's a lot of people that know that see us on a regular basis, but there's a lot of people that don't know that don't mm-hmm. listen to podcasts that don't, yeah, you know, yeah. that don't see us on a regular basis. So those people, I really do want to like put a call out for our brothers and sisters in Christ to be praying and petitioning the Lord for us. But I'm terrified of people giving me medical advice. I'm terrified because it already happens all the time. People are like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? There's this pill and that pill. And have you done this? Have all you these tried the keto diet? Have yeah, you tried yeah, this yeah. diet? Oh, like gosh. oh you're kind of fat maybe you should lose some weight <laughs> which is usually doctors saying that by the way not people but just doctors which is insane to me anyway but um but yeah i'm terrified of posting it on my personal i want to i really want to post it on my personal feeds because i really we need an army praying for us yeah um i can understand your hesitation but i'm so though. scared y'all yeah. i'm so so maybe if i do my sisters in christ my my fair my fellow we'll, like be moderating the can comments. you please be moderating for <laughs> me Reporting. or maybe if somebody dms me because some people are, are like shady and instead of commenting they'll dm you yeah if somebody DMs Ooh. me, I'll just be like, I'm going to revert you over to my uh, other sister in Christ that's going to take care of this conversation for me. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I will also say this kind of goes hand in hand with don't go around trying to ask other people about what's going on with the person struggling with infertility. So like people will tell me, you should tell your sister to try this. Oh, and I, I'm done. And the, and they're like, well, what is she doing? Like, is she doing anything about it? And I'm like, she is taking care of her body yes. as best she can. She's focusing on her health and that is enough. Yes. And that's, and you know what? So usually they're, usually they're kind of like, oh, like they're embarrassed. It is embarrassing. <laughs> because be it's embarrassed. just such a it's, it's just so such personal. an invasive yeah. thing to and be. And too, if ugh. you are struggling with infertility right now and your mental health is a place where you cannot take care of your body right now and you're struggling, that's okay. Like the Lord is gonna bring you through that. Like, let's talk. <laughs> like because Go find somebody that you trust. Yes. Yeah. Because I I have been blessed that in the past year I God has given me the strength to take care of my body in my soul in a lot of different ways. But if that's not the place that you're at right now and you're in the deepest trenches, I was there, honey. I've been there. It hurts. It sucks. It's There's going to be an end in sight. Ask for help. Like ask somebody you trust and love. And even if we just ask our husbands, like I am, I am struggling right now. Like, please help me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just asking for help can really get us. So if even if somebody's asking you like, well, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I'm not really doing anything right now. It's still none of their business. Even if you're not able to take care of your body as best as you'd like to right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the moral of the story is if you... If you know that somebody's struggling with infertility, please don't take it upon yourself to do research and then send them articles about their infertility and like how they can take care of themselves. The best thing that you can do is ask them how you can support them and pray for them. And that is the bottom line. Mm. And be an ally for them in social situations. Don't give in to gossip or... um busybodies that just want to get information from you if you know more things and don't be a busybody yourself yeah just pray for them and be a good friend you know like let's start there and maybe 
those two things, praying and being a good friend can be, if you really want to support this person at a deeper level, that can be the avenue to get Yes. To be to be more involved in yeah. there for two because my people, it's a very small group of people that know the ins and outs of what I'm doing, taking care of myself, every update, every lab test, I'm like, I'm talking to you. And so it I'm not just gonna share that with anybody because that's very personal and that's like it's it's a very, very special thing to me. And honestly, if I have my like 10 people that I'm talking to, like my family and my couple friends that I have that I talk to about these things, it's exhausting to try to like repeat that like 20 more times to people that I'm not that close with. So usually I'll just say like, the Lord has blessed me with contentment. I have, I'm working on my health. You can pray for us, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes that's all you need to say and then trust the Lord with the rest. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a very long episode and very emotional. So I feel like we're going to skip making fails this week because i don't know i just feel like i can't move yeah i can't transition next week next week you'll hear homemaking fails so why don't you listen to our last commercial and then jam out to our outro (laughs) love you guys talk to you next week bye